it's your girl Kim Newsom, and you are tuned in to this week's episode of the Kimology Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to click on the SoundCloud link or the iTunes link or however you got here. I'm glad you're here. Um, today is St. Patrick's Day. I mean, I mean, I'm not really excited about it because. All I know is that people get drunk on this day. And there's nothing wrong with a sip or two or three or four. But I don't have that snapback, baby. I ain't got it. And it's Sunday, and so I got to go to work tomorrow. I don't have time to be taking tequila shots, you know, the multicolored shots called the leprechaun's foot or something weird like that and then be able to go to work and function and talk to people on the phone i i don't think so not over here so i'll probably like go to the park or because it's beautiful outside in kansas city oh my god i want to say it's like 50 degrees or something like that because baby i'm tired of winter like we're so tired of winter i'm sick of it because i'm always ashy it doesn't matter what see i know what y'all saying right now you're saying oh my god what do you use are you using shea butter are you using vaseline i'm using everything and i keep sliding in my seats and everything and i keep getting stains on my my car seat and my bed it's like i can't i can't win with this ash i use what do i use like cocoa butter and then I'll put on like this baby oil and it's I'm still ashy like I really honestly can't win and I'm ready to wear sundresses you know let your feet out and your legs see I've been shaving every day right and so when you put on the tights the friction <laughs> of the hair against it it feels like my legs are tender-headed because <laughs> My hairs are being pulled, child, and it it hurts so bad. <laughs> I said my legs are tender-headed. That is so dumb. No, but for real, you put on your tights, you're trying to be cute because you, you don't feel like shaving, so that's why you're wearing your tights, you know, and you feel like your your legs, <laughs> like them hairs hurt. And I'm just, I'm just ready to be cute. And also with the weather, you know, it's easy to get depressed. You know what I'm saying? It's really easy to to feel down and out because it's cold and there's been, you know, the daylight savings time change and all that. So that kind of affects everything, too. So I'm just ready. I'm ready. I don't even think we're going to have spring. We didn't have spring, but for like a year. No, I said a year. I meant... <laughs> We didn't have but, like, one week of spring. And so I, I really believe that, like, summer is really going to, like, make her entrance really, really fast. And I'm totally here for it. Um, what else has been going on? Oh, March 1st was my birthday. Hey, yep, didn't do anything. Um, I went out to dinner with my brother and my dad to uh, Charleston's on War Parkway Fire. I went there last year, actually, for the first time. It's really good. I didn't really know what to do. Like most of my friends, my very, very close friends, they're out of town. And then some of my close friends here in Kansas City, they had stuff to do. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, I was turning 32. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. 32? Okay, so at 11.58, I was literally like, I wish y'all could see me right now. I was just staring at the wall like, this is really about to happen. This is... I, um, and you can't reverse time. You know what I'm saying? Like you turn 
18, it's like, yeah, ooh, I got my license, I got my car, hey, going off to college, boom, what we doing? 21, oh, I can drink, even though I've been drinking before I was 21, but I'm legal, so I can do it, and yeah, Jesus won't be mad at me. And then 25, you know, it's around the time, of course, you're probably out of the house, you know, you, you're really feeling more grown and more mature. And then 30, you, you hear how hard that sounds? 30, 18, 21, 25, 30. And 32 sounds even more, like, harsh. So I wasn't looking forward to it. And I already been feeling the, the effects of 32 because um, I've been, okay, so this may be TMI, but it's my show. So, I mean, if you don't like it you know, I don't know what to say, but you know, ovulation for women can be <laughs> a little like, you can feel a little pain from it. I've been feeling like, like a dinosaur is kicking my stomach. I'm like, what's going on? No, I was not pregnant. No, I'm not pregnant now, but it just, it felt really intense. I'm like, well, what's going on down there? What is happening? So I'm already feeling the, the the effects of it. My face is breaking out. I'm like, I don't like 32. This is dumb. Why am I breaking out? And why is my uterus about to fall out on the ground? This is dumb. And then, what else? There was something I felt. I don't remember what, but whatever. Anyway, yeah, 32. I'm blessed to see another year, of course. I thank God that I'm still here. Um, that means I still got a lot of work to do. So, yes, 32, cheers to 32. Clink, clink, clink. Yeah, can y'all hear that? Clink, cheers. Um, but something did happen to me that was really sad. Um, my dog, Charlie, he died on March 6th. Um, he was actually pretty old, and that was pretty devastating. I mean, dogs are like family members you know what I'm saying I had him for like five years and child when I saw him dead I screamed <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie I screamed I called my dad immediately this man said okay I'm gonna come over and I'm gonna help you take him out of the cage I'm gonna you know you're gonna take him to help help you take him to the animal clinic so they can cremate him and all that I said okay all right he took forever so I had to bag my own dog. Now let me tell you something. Touching a dead animal, it's not okay. It just doesn't feel right. He was so stiff, you know what I'm saying? And it was just I was just crying already. So the fact that he wasn't moving and wasn't jumping on me like he did before, like child, I just it was the ugh. it was a terrible morning. So I took him up there, you know. They took him out of the, the car for me, and they're like, okay, well, well, we'll send you some information, and we'll let you know, you know, once we've completed the process. And I just started crying all over again, went to work, just felt all kinds of terrible. But, um, yeah, I'm doing better. It does feel weird. I'm at home right now. This is where I usually record my podcast, and, you know, usually he would be tap dancing or making some kind of noise during the podcast, <laughs> but it's... It's been very, it's been really kind of eerie and new, you know, but I thank you for everybody that reached out to me and uh, said very, very kind words and all that. So I'm okay. Um, but yeah, 
last week was really really interesting i know now listen i'm not really into astrology like that but i know we were going through some kind of retrograde thing i think to a certain degree that that stuff is real because i was going through a roller coaster of emotions and for those of you who are believers in christ you know i'm not about to preach to y'all or nothing but i i definitely love god and i'm not ashamed of that but last week when i tell you my faith was tested oh my goodness i was just dealing with um a certain situation and i didn't know how it was gonna work out i didn't know what to do um and I was praying, but I, after I would pray, I felt defeated still, you know? And I think a lot of us do that. We pray and then we still walk around like not believing that God can work things out because to be honest, it's difficult because God, we can't see God. We can feel him. You know, we can see God in situations, but we can't literally see him like a, like we can see a chair. Like I'm looking at my chair right now. I can't see God, but I realized that after you pray, you have to stand in expectation and you have to believe. And so I'm challenging myself to do that. And towards the end of last week, um, I began to feel that. I began to feel God's presence and he definitely answered my prayers. And so, you know, I feel... I feel like God hasn't forgotten about me. And sometimes we get so caught up in situations that we feel like God does not hear our prayers and he's leaving us hanging. But, you know, the Bible says God will never leave us nor forsake us. So I promise you I'm not trying to preach, but I'm just saying, you know, y'all, we're getting older and it's really time for us to believe. Like if we are believers of God, I don't know what you believe. You may believe in Buddha or whatever. That's totally fine. Um, but for those of us who do believe that there is a God and believe that Jesus came and died, I truly believe that it's time for us to really start living out the word. I really do. Because it's so easy to pray and still be defeated and still not see God in the situation. But when you believe, even in your unbelief, you know what I'm saying? But you, you, you confess your unbelief to God, but you still believe like a little bit. It says all it takes is a, a faith the size of a mustard seed. Like if you have that faith that he can work things out, I promise you he's faithful enough to come through. So I didn't mean to preach, <laughs> but I would just, I would be doing you guys a disservice if I didn't share what all I dealt with last week. I won't go into specifics because it's none of y'all business, but <laughs> I, I can at least tell you that, you know, I was going through the motions and, you know, dealing with all kinds of, um, I realized that there's a lot of areas of my life that I need healing, especially relationally. So God definitely showed up. I learned a lot about myself even in one week, but it has allowed me to grow closer to him and more dependent on him. So I, I just want to encourage you guys out there to do the same, depend on God. When you pray, pray and have a sense of expectation about you. Have that all over you. I don't care where you go, your workplace. I don't care where you go. Have that that spirit of expectancy in your life. So I'm going to end it right there. <laughs> May the church say amen. Huh? Can you pass the offering? Huh? No, I'm just playing. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back.
right, guys, I am back, and now it is time for the Bills and Breasts segment of the show, and there are actually two things that I wanted to touch on. The first thing, I call it the year of no, all right? So if you're like me, I think I'm a nice person. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I am. Um, and I really try to be a very dependable person. I try to be a very dependable friend. Um, when there's a need that needs to be met, I try to, you know, rise to the occasion and help out. But I realize that some people can abuse that. And some people can take your kindness for weakness. Case in point, um, somebody reached out to me and they basically wanted me to be on a musical project. So this is what happened. So he's like, hey, what's up, Kimbo? You know, how you doing? I'm like, oh, what's up? I'm good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm chilling. Life is good. You know what I'm saying? So I was wondering, you know, if you wanted to be a part of this musical project, you know what I'm saying? You know, what's your availability? I said, oh, how sweet of you to even think of me or consider me. Um, how how much would this cost? Like, what is the compensation? Oh, oh, you know, we can talk about that. We can talk about the details later. You know, just what's, what's your availability? No, no. What you're not going to do is try to get around the question I just asked you, sir. And I'm saying this to say that a lot of people feel like singers are unworthy of getting a check. Especially when it's like a situation where there's a rapper and they need somebody on the hook. It's like, oh, Kim, you know, I'll use you on this hook. Okay, cool. I used to do that all the time back in the day. But the older you get, the more experienced you get. It's like, hey, I'm not about to do this for free. I got to get in my car, burn gas to get to the studio that's located in East Jesus. And then be there for a few hours. And it may not just be um, one session may not be enough. So there's a lot going. There's a lot of money being uh, used in this process, and you mean to tell me you're not gonna cut me a check? Okay, no, won't be doing that. No, I'm not gonna do nothing for free. And it's like, let me be the, let me make the decision as to whether or not I want to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's some things that you do, you don't need to get paid for. Let let that be at your discretion. But you're not gonna ask me to do something, be part of a musical project my dude and then not give me no check and just think i'm just supposed to subscribe to it just because it's you or just come man i bet you i won't huh the year of no and then on the flip side you got friends and family members who are always depending on you for everything i don't care if it's money i don't care if it's like giving them a ride and there's nothing wrong with doing that there's nothing wrong with helping out your friends and family that's not what i'm saying but when it becomes an excessive thing Oh my God, it's too much. And some people kind of, you know, they take your kindness for weakness and they feel like, oh, well, it's Kim and, you know, oh, she, I know she'll do it. And, oh, and it's, <laughs> ugh, it's just a sticky situation because you don't want to leave your friends and family high and dry. But at the same time, baby, I got bills just like you. So I can't be giving you $100. I can't even give you 20 sometimes because I need that for my gas what what are you saying to me right now and so it's so important to say no and I'd be feeling like if I say no to somebody then they're gonna hate me you know or they're gonna think that I'm not dependable or something like that but if they're really your friend like Ace Boone Coon 
then they'll understand they may get upset about it which is cool it's natural but over time it's like oh dang you know what i'm glad she didn't help me that day because it allowed me to depend on myself it allowed me to grow up you know or dang she didn't give me a ride to so and so but you know what I found an Uber or somebody was able to give me a ride or maybe I didn't have to go to that destination, you know? And so it's just really, I just know a lot of friends personally who are constantly dependent on, um, especially financially. Again, there's nothing wrong with it. Use it at your best discretion though. When it becomes an excessive thing and you feel like you're being used, nine times out of 10, you probably are. You already know when you are. You have that feeling, that intuition in you. So help out. Help a family member out. Help a friend out. But, again, sometimes you just got to love from afar and just be like, you know what, I ain't got that 30. I can't help you with your light bill this month. I'm sorry. I got my own lights to keep on. So, okay. All right. But the last thing that I wanted to talk about, I was on Facebook and I saw a status posted by Lee Langston. He's a really good friend of mine. Hi, Lee. And it did something to me on the inside. It touched my shando because he was speaking so much truth in it. So I'm going to read, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of long, but it's so good. I'm just going to read, uh, I said beats. I'm going to read bits and pieces of it. So he starts off by saying, please, please, please stop coddling these teenage boys. I'm looking around at way too many male adults that are in their 30s and 40s who don't even know minimal survival skills. Teaching them how to be hard isn't the only lesson they need to learn. Adult men have to provide more than just penis in demands. Hold your teenage boys accountable. Teach them how to take care of and maintain their bodies, their diets, their health, how to cook, how to be emotionally available huh, to their partners, and how to raise their children even in the absence of a mother. These are not, these are not just lessons for women i'm gonna stop there the part that really stuck out to me was we need to teach our our boys our young men how to be emotionally available for their partners because i see it so much in grown men nowadays i really do um just just with my experiences with guys in the past the majority of them were un they were not available for me emotionally. And I don't say that in a biased way. I don't say that to throw them under the bus, but it was facts. Um, and I believe it was because that is something that was not taught. Um, and so now, now that they're like of age and they're like in their late 20s, 30s and 40s, and you start trying to settle down with people, um, you're having to either unlearn unhealthy habits that were taught to you as a kid or find out how to be emotionally available because that was not taught to you by your mother or your father. And it's such a key point because I'm an advocate, like I've told you guys before, for healthy relationships. I want people to date and it turns into a relationship and it turns into a marriage. I really do. I really just am an advocate for it because I believe so so many times nowadays it just seems like marriage is an obsolete thing it becomes more and more attainable and so it's so important that 
women are not just taught this. We're taught to do everything, y'all. Everything. We have to be emotionally available. We have to learn how to cook. We have to know how to to balance a check and do I mean there's so many other things I'm missing out on but we are taught to be the the nurturing kind to be there to stand by your man to be emotionally available for him but men sometimes most of the time they're not emotionally available for us and they don't even know how to be so now we have to spend time teaching them how to do that and that is exhausting because it takes time and so I just feel like we need to start teaching our young men. Like he said in the status, it's so important that we teach. If you have a young boy right now and you're raising him, please teach him how to be emotionally available, how to treat a woman. Don't just teach him how to be a provider and how to what. Just know there's so many other there's so many other things that need to be taught so that that person, that man, can be emotionally available for a woman. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to talk about that. I know that was really brief, but it's just irritating because, like I said, a lot of these guys are emotionally unavailable. I even spoke to my best friend about it, right? And he was saying to me, Kim, a lot of the times men are not taught this. And I wonder why. And I'm, I'm just assuming because maybe it's just a gender thing we create it to be like a gender thing like oh women do this just like women are supposed to wear pink men can't wear pink it's supposed to be blue you know what i mean and so it's time out for all of that i know that if i had a son right now you best believe he's gonna know how to treat a woman he's gonna know how to be there for her in you know when it comes to her emotions the baggage that she may have we as women again we're taught you know if a man has baggage take him as he is and do this and nurture him and do this but with women it's like no you got to be you got to handle that on your own you got to be self-sufficient even with your own emotions my dude are you kidding me that's a lot that is a lot and so I digress, but I, I feel like we need to, moving forward, we definitely need to teach our young men. And, of course, if you're a grown man and you're listening to, listening to this, <clears throat> find ways to be emotionally available for your woman. Find ways of doing that because it's so important. It's so key. But, anyway, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back.
for musicology and false theology. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about was the Bruno Mars and the Cardi B song called Tease Me. Tease me, baby. Turn around and just please me, baby. You know what I want and what I need. Babe. That's called zhuzhing when you don't say the words. That's zhuzhing the song. Please, please me. I love that song because it makes you want to body roll on your man no matter where y'all are. Okay? Case in point, you go to Price Chopper and he's like, all right, babe, we need some garlic bread. He opens the door and he's reaching in. He's like, okay, babe, which one you want? And all of a sudden, tease me, baby. You all up on his on his back just body rolling. You know what I want and what I need. Or y'all could be at Red Lobster waiting for y'all's table to get ready and he's standing by the fish tank looking at the lobster like hey babe look at this lobster and you walk over tease me baby turn around near the lobster baby or like at church you know maybe y'all are in the foyer area and nobody's looking and he's like babe you i mean you look so good today you look so pretty like the anointing is just all up on you and then all of a sudden you body roll I'm sure they body rolled back in Jesus' time, you know, at the, the parties. The Anyway, so I love that song. I love it so much because it's so 90s-like. And if y'all know me, y'all know that I love 90s music. And it honestly is coming back full circle. So a lot of the music that's out sounds kind of 90-ish. And I'm here for it. So I love that song. Another song that I love, it's not like super new. But it's that song by Cash Doll and Dreezy, Chanel, Chanel Bags. I forgot what it's called. But it's like, Chanel Bags. Like, I just feel like, I don't know. Like, I really like that song. Like, it's a guilty pleasure. Like, I love Ratchet songs. You know, I, I do. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I may not listen to it like 24-7, but when you get that real good one, like the one with Cash Doll and Cardi B, that one's cool, but I prefer this one, Her and Dreezy. It's it's just I don't know that song stays on repeat, and you would think that I would know the song by now, but I don't. But it makes me feel some type of way when I'm in the car, and my hair is laid, and my nails are done, and I'm looking real cute. You know, I don't have Chanel, more like Chantel, but it's okay. Um, the next thing. <laughs> The next thing I want to talk about was the MJ documentary. Listen to me here. You know what? Oh, Michael Jackson is a freaking legend. I love Michael more than I love some family members. So the fact that there's a documentary out on this man. Michael has been gone for almost a decade. This year, it'll be 10 years. Can you believe it's been that long? I still remember that day when he died, y'all. Oh my God. I thought I was gonna die too because <laughs> like I was so distraught. This is Michael Jackson. He's the guy that moonwalked at the Motown 25 anniversary show. Debuted it for the first time. Okay, broke records. You got people passing out at his concerts. There's paramedics on standby. 
because they know that's gonna be 50 million people passing out his concert. This is Michael Jackson, philanthropist, gave back to the world, loved children, okay? Had so many cases built up against him, but all of them were acquitted. And I know maybe there was like maybe a few of them where he paid them out because I'm sure he was over it. He's like, here, here's a million or here's 50,000. Okay, shut up. I don't want to touch your child. Um, I didn't even want to watch the documentary. I really did not because I grew up listening to Michael Jackson. And he was still in his prime when I was listening to him. I remember the world premieres. Like, it was not a game listening to Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's everything. He's a creative genius. And that's not to say that just because this man was a creative genius doesn't mean that he um, couldn't have done something so sick as touching young children and molesting them. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying that Michael had so much money, he had so much power, and so much influence. And I truly believe that his death was not an accident. I believe they were trying to kill him, especially after the whole dispute with Sony and all that. Come on, y'all. None of that was just a coincidence. So Wade Robson, who who was a, or he's still a choreographer. He was actually that choreographer um, in the movie You Got Served. He's at the very end at the competition. And then I forgot the other young man's name. He was actually in a Pepsi commercial in the 80s. Uh, with Michael and I watched part one and it took me about a week to get through it because when they began to talk about how Michael had oral sex with them and how they would hide out in certain rooms and all this stuff I just I couldn't mind you since we were kids you know Michael has been accused of child molestation but to hear the graphic descriptions I was like I can't do this this is Michael you know we didn't know him personally you know and that's the thing like sometimes you know a celebrity can be so big that you feel like you know them because you grew up watching them on the tv screen but listening to them saying they had oral sex he gave him he gave them oral sex they were watching pornography and all this stuff I just couldn't like my stomach literally was like churning it was oh, it was nauseating, guys, because you don't want to dismiss people when they come to the forefront and say, you know, hey, I was molested by this person. But at the same time, these two testified saying, oh, Michael, yo, he's he's a great person. No, he did not molest these kids and blase, blase. And oh, he's just an angel and all this other stuff. But now he's dead and gone. Ten years later. Now y'all have this documentary on HBO. And so it's like, what are we supposed to think? But then, bouncing to the R. Kelly thing. Now listen, let me tell you something. I think R. Kelly did all of that. I saw the sex tape. Yes, I did. And you knew it was him because somebody in the back was like, hey, Robert, hey, uh, the phone's ringing for you. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, tell them, uh, just leave a message, man. Like, he answered <laughs> in the video to his name. So we know R. Kelly did it. We can, we know that R. Kelly has a thing for young girls. And it's so unfortunate with that whole situation. I won't get into the details of that, but we know that he could be facing up to, I believe, 70 years. 
But with R. Kelly, again with Michael, R. Kelly came up with some hits. Step in my room. Hey, hey. Cause I got a little something for you, babe. In the room. Or what's the other song? Dedicating this one to my favorite girl. Like R. Kelly had some hits. I believe I can fly, baby. We sung that. I want to say in my fifth grade graduation. I used to think that I could not go on. Like. Because we believed that we could fly. We believed that we could do anything. And Space Jam came out too. And that was on the soundtrack. Listen, it's so hard to believe that these celebrities who are geniuses did any, anything that was just so gross like this. But I believe R. Kelly did it. I really do. But just like hypothetically, if Michael did do it, what's up with these parents? Are they so naive to the fact, like, there are just certain things that my parents did not allow me to do. They did not allow me to go everywhere, to do everything with anybody's parents or go to somebody's house knowing that there was no kind of supervision. My parents needed to know detail after detail after detail. And they told me, this is, oh my goodness. Wow, I just thought about this. I remember my mom and my dad, for sure my mom, telling me if anybody is touching you, down in your private parts you tell me you tell me about that and so I wonder if these parents had the, the talks with these kids hey if anybody's touching you inappropriately you need to tell me and I'm gonna handle it you feel what I'm saying so yeah R. Kelly totally believed that this man did it it's unfortunate because this man is a genius and that interview was fried she said Gail said Robert <laughs> Robert and he's putting on this Tyler Perry scene talking about y'all trying to kill me 30 years I gave y'all 30 years like boo, we listen okay and we appreciate you Robert but you touch the girls you, you have a fetish for them don't play with us you know and we don't we as a black community I don't think we want to see any of our people go down but if you did it you did it okay hell but Michael I really believe these people are trying to get a check I really do. It's really hard for me to wrap my mind around it. Um, I, I really don't. I don't think that Michael did it. And so I probably won't finish the documentary. I may, but I may do it like this summer or something. Because I just can't. Like, I believe that there is an agenda for our black men. Like, if they're not trying to kill us on the streets, you know, with the police trying to kill us, they're trying to take down our legacy with Bill Cosby. With. And again, I don't know. I wasn't there. None of us were there. We don't know if these men really did it or not. But I believe that it's so eerie and it's so crazy of how it was Bill Cosby. Now it's R. Kelly. Now it's Michael Jackson. All three of these men have big names. So, again, ugh, it's too much. But anyway, the next thing I want to talk about was the Varsity Blues scandal. Ha! Okay. So, if y'all watch Full House... <laughs> growing up aunt becky the one that was married to uncle jesse's fine self oh and he's still fine too anyway um so basically she was a part of this like i said it's called the varsity blues um scandal that was the code name for all of it basically they were putting rich families and their kids through college 
but they were cheating. So they were adjusting SAT scores and ACT scores. Um, if you were an athlete, if your child was an athlete, then they would speak to recruiters and adjust um, their stats so that they're more qualified as a, a basketball player um, or have more skill sets than what they actually have, just so that they can get into these Ivy League schools. Um, I want to say Harvard was one of them. I can't remember all of them, but I think it was at least 18 of them. And I want to say at least 50 people were involved through this in this whole operation. It is so unfortunate, but this is America. Like Childish Gambino says, this is America. This is what it's always been. This is how it's always been. And it breaks my heart for those those black children, and not even just black black kids, but people of all color, all all colors trying to get into colleges and turned down because of the color of their skin. You know what I'm saying? And you have white people who are cheating their way, <laughs> cheating their way to um, make sure that their kids are attending these top league, top, top uh, schools in, in America. So they're not getting in by their skill set. They're not getting in by their their mind how intelligent they are they're getting in because of who they know and how much money they have and that is what happens everywhere even in the workplace I can say that for myself you know people are being promoted and don't know diddly squat about their job can't even do it effectively but because of who they are what color they are and who who they know then that's how they get promoted. Skip this person over here that's been working for years. This person of color who is more than qualified for the position, but because they're not kissing butt, but they're actually doing their job and being effective at it. No, 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 we're not gonna go for that person. We're gonna go with this person over here because of the color of her skin, she's white. So let's promote her. It happens all too often, guys, and it breaks my heart because Everything is systematically created against us. Like, <laughs> like I'm kind of lost for words right now. If you really just think about it, you just sit there. It's like, dang, really? This is America. And why isn't Trump out of office? You know what? I'm surprised nobody has tried to assassinate him. I'm just being very honest with you. I'm very, very surprised. And this impeachment process, I need them to hurry up. Because if they take all the way until uh, until it's time for him to go, I'm going to be pissed. Because he, he needs to be gone. We're sick of him and his hair. Oh, because ever since he's gotten into office, it's just been this, this dark cloud over America. America was already a mess, okay? But ever since his fat Cheeto self got into office, it just seems like just, oh, it's been so much hate and so much, oh, it's just been too much. So that is actually all that I have for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. Please, if you haven't already, follow me on Facebook under Kim Newsome. Uh, follow me on Instagram under Sincerely Kimbo. Um, and of course, check out this podcast on SoundCloud under Kimology as well as iTunes. You guys, I hope you have a wonderful week and always speak your truth.